0: Hello there, I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of P. Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend, Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat and with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Hi, everyone. This week, I want to talk about finding your own inner compass. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it instinct. It isn't really instinct. Instinct is much more about body knowing and all that sort of stuff. I'll talk about that another time. But your inner compass is, yes, it is another way of saying intuition. And it's not a woo-woo thing, it's actually something that we can all do, it's just that half the time we don't, possibly even more than half the time. But It has to be your own inner compass, not somebody else's. And it's something that just about all my clients need me to help them with. It can be quite a complicated thing. And first of all, as with so much of coaching work, it involves realizing that you actually do need it, that following your inner compass is a good idea, and that you want to do it, that you need to do it. Clients often come wanting to know how they can make life, work, business better, how they can get promotion, get recognized, become visible, manage problem staff. And just get out of the rut that they feel themselves to be in. Lots of people feel stuck and they don't know how to get out of it. And they just keep on going round and round in the same rut that they've always been in and making life worse, making themselves more stressed and possibly even making themselves ill. All these things the I want to get promotion, I want to get recognised, I want business to get better – They're a bit like the things that a doctor would call presenting symptoms. Like you have a cough and you want it to stop. But what you really need and what the doctor needs to do is to find out what's causing the cough. And that takes more digging. I mean, the cough could be anything from swallowing something down the wrong way to flu, COVID, tonsillitis and right up to throat cancer even. So to be able to give you something that can help you, the doctor needs to find out what the cause is. And coaching's like that. Like the doctor, we coaches, we don't have a magic bullet or pill that's going to cure you all, or a magic mantra that you can say, or anything like that. I know some of you know that I'm also a shaman, a witch, and even we witches don't have a spell that cures all. We really don't. I don't think even Harry Potter managed that. So when I work with someone, a big part of the work is finding out what the roots of the client's problem really are. And that always requires as much work on ridding the strawberry bed of couch grass, for instance, as the garden does. We're full of weeds. We're full of stuff that is in the way. A weed is not a bad plant or something like that. It's a plant that's in the wrong place. And its old term, weed, comes from the word what, which means actually a herb, and often a medicinal herb or a culinary herb. So weeds are not wrong, but they can be in the wrong place. And this spring, my strawberry bed was absolutely full of weeds. Much better now. We sorted it out. We got them out and we composted them. And that's what we do with clients as well. We pull out the stuff that shouldn't be there, that is no longer necessary there, no longer needed, and we compost it. That's a whole other process. Go and look at it in a composting on my site. The composting is a whole other process whereby you can turn all the stuff you didn't want, that you no longer need, that's past its sell-by date, into good growing material for your new life. Anyway, let's leave that one behind. Think about it. People have lived all their lives up to that moment before they choose to come to me for help. And that's always a few years. I think my youngest client ever was 27. So even he had lived more than a quarter of a century before deciding that he needed a co-pilot to help him change course. When you say it like that, It feels like a good span of time, and for all that time, this client had been living with and growing deeper into his daily life habits, his ways of thinking, his ways of looking at the world. He wasn't going to lose those all overnight, and some of them he probably shouldn't lose. In fact, he didn't need to, but he did need to sort out those that he did need to get rid of from those that he needed to keep. And when he came, I used my knitting adage for him. I used to knit before my hands got too crippled, crazy knitting wild patterns that I made up as I went along. I've still got some of the garments and they are amazing. And another thing I used to do was undo hand knitted jumpers and reuse the wool. Sometimes I likened disentangling of the wool to disentangling the client's old past or helping the client to disentangle their old old past to being the same as this undoing of old jumpers to use the wall again for something different back on the inner composting line again but it's about using old stuff and making it new into a new form I suppose some of you know that I'm married to an ex-particle physicist. So I've had physics with cornflakes for the past God knows how many years. I'm not telling you a lot. And amongst the gems that come across the breakfast table from the particle physicist and that are now I'm better able to understand, one of the best ones is the first law of Thermodynamics. And that says, energy is neither created nor destroyed. I'll say that again. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. And so, that is very similar to the composting process in coaching. You can't take away and destroy, except possibly by lobotomy, a client's past life. But you can show them how to take the old, no longer needed stuff and compost it back into its primary elements so that it can be used as building material for the next stage in their lives. And what happens when you do that? Well, once free of the old baggage, the baggage that was once useful but is now past its sell-by date, the client is much better able to see their life and themselves. They can now see the wood from the trees, as the saying goes, and they see much more whole. Their perspective gets wider, too, and broader and deeper. They can see further. They make connections they didn't even realise were there, and they see the details more clearly, too. And that means they're better able to make choices. Conscious choices. Choices not based on old habits, but on what they can actually see around themselves and within themselves. This works really well in business, with leaders as well, because you see your firm, you see what the business is doing, and you're able to stand back, you're able to see whole, and you're able to make conscious choices. But you've got to learn how to do this, and not everyone knows immediately. I sometimes liken that process to planning the route of a journey. Say I asked you to drive to Birmingham, but I didn't tell you where you were starting from. You couldn't do it. Not possible. So, revisioning your life, getting the image, planning the route to get you there, isn't possible either until you know where you're starting from. And that means seeing... The real you, the reality where you are. And that I mean clearing out all baggage, choosing what to keep, what to compost and then getting it all properly sorted. And doing that really frees you up. You know where you are. You can find your own compass, set it, listen to it and follow the route to your new life. So what is this compass thing? Probably those of us who go out hiking and have done any bushcraft and that, we probably all know how to work a compass with an app and find your way around islands of Scotland or Wales or wherever the hell you're going. But what is this compass thing that I'm talking about now? Well, a compass is a direction-finding device. Very roughly, it tells you which way is north. So with some thinking and pondering, you can learn how to find out where you are now, and how to get to where you want to go. We all have this ability. Learning to use a compass, ordinary variety, properly, takes a bit of effort and a bit of thinking and a bit of practice. And it's the same with your inner compass too. The inner compass is rather like that knowing feeling inside that you get, but you can't justify it with reason. Other people may say, oh, it's just wishful thinking. Oh, Ellen, you're just dreaming again, head in the clouds. But most of us, when it really comes down to it, know the difference between wishful thinking, when we're kidding ourselves, and when it's actually real. As that pressure, there's an inner feeling that is so strong. I've got to do this now. That inner voice is also helpful in that it will say, you must be joking when we're really pushing against the reality of where we are. So it's useful for that as well. And again, you'll know it. You'll go, no, 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 I'm kidding myself. I know I am. But finding that delicate balance between when you're afraid and afraid of trusting the inner voice and when actually you know that you have it all around the back of your neck. That takes practice. It's one of the tools that I teach. We're often conditioned out of believing in our inner compass. So, part of the problem is that we need to relearn how to believe in it and how to know when it's talking to us. And as I said, that's part of what I teach. I love this example from one of my clients very recently. It really absolutely hits the nail on the head for me. She badly needed a new car. Her old one was on its last legs and complaining it wanted to be retired and go back to being parts and scrap. That it had had quite enough of being a working car and was on its way out. So hurry up and get a new one. But how to get one? She was financially strapped and pretty sure she wouldn't get credit. Like me. She's a Skoda fan. Very good cars. I'll stop the advert now. And she would really have liked to have one. But we had a chat in the coaching session and I said, now, I know it's nice, but let's just sort of stop there and not put up too many parameters of what we absolutely need yet. There's a local family firm near us um, and she lives near me. They've been in business for many years and they have a great reputation for being very helpful and they sell used cars. So I said, why don't you go and see them? You know, you can just go and ask, you you don't have to settle anything then and there. Just go and ask what they think and they may have some ideas for you. So she ummed and aahed and we left it there. And then I saw her again very recently and she was absolutely busting out with good news so I was like what happened what happened well she'd gone into town to do other things but her route there took her right past this car sales place so she drove past it telling herself it wasn't the right moment and she was going to get on do her other business and sometime it would happen you know how it is on the way home past the car place again Her inner voice was screaming, do it, do it, get in there and do it. She drove right past. But she came to a roundabout, so she went all the way around the roundabout again and drove back. And she turned in and parked up and went to the office. And the girl in charge was very helpful. (coughs) Listened to her, said, well, yeah, I'm sure there's something we can do. So my clients said, but I don't think I can get credit. You know, they're really not going to accept me. And the girl said, well, let's have a look at some cars and see if we've got anything that works for you and then we'll have a look at it. But we, we've got a good credit firm here and they'll let us know within a quarter of an hour anyway. So what's, up, what's the harm in asking? So the girl sorted out three very possible cars and told her not to worry. And she went out and had a look. Now, when she went out into the yard... Over in the far corner was a Skoda, but it wasn't shining and it wasn't smiling and it wasn't one of the three the girl had suggested. But one of those three absolutely shone in my client's eyes. You know, it must have happened to you. It happens to everybody. You take one look at something you go, hey, that's it. That's you're in a voice again. You're in a compass. Anyway, this happened to her. So she went and got in that car <coughs> And took a deep breath and it worked. That car felt great. She said it almost cuddled her. The seat almost cuddled her. And she really felt this was right. Everything worked. It was all easy to hand. Everything happened. So they went back to the office and the girl said, do you want me to have a look at the finance for you or would you rather go away and do it yourself? So my client took a deep breath and said, no, you go for it. And she sat back, stomach roiling, waiting, almost sweating. You know the feeling, we've all been there. Ten minutes later, the girl smiled and said, they've accepted you. My client nearly fell off her chair. (laughs) Well, wouldn't you? (laughs) It had all gone right. So it was all settled, and in half an hour, all done fixed and tomorrow she goes to get her new car but talking with me she said you know if I'd not followed that voice not turned back and gone in there not taken the risk and gone for it and asked I'd still be fretting and worrying and very likely I'd be breaking down somewhere in the old car because it was that far back that bad but I did it you know I followed my inner voice, I went in and I did it. And now, and there she was smiling away, I've got a super little car that's going to last me a good few years and I can afford it. And I'd not have dared before I came to you. I'd not have dared before I learned how to follow my inner compass that I got one, that it actually worked. And that's a real lesson for me. When I first came, she said, it sounded like so much woo woo. You know, I was really skeptical. But now though, and particularly after this, because this is the biggest one I've had so far when I've been working with you, after this, this really big, important experience, I know it works. I just know it works. And I know that I know how to listen. It's all about practice. I know when I'm kidding myself now and I know when it's really my inner compass talking. So thank you. Thank you so much, she said. I'm thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled for her because I had been worrying a bit. She needs her car for her job to make her business work. It's always like that. I'm always just so pleased when my client sorts out their own problem using the tools they learned with me and finding that they really work. And usually when they do, when they come, and they're a bit desperate and they find it and you see that fantastic look on their faces. They know, they know how to handle and work with their own problems and that using the tools I've offered them really does work for them. That's why I do this job. Yay for coaching. It's a really fun job. So that's it for this week. Bye for now, and I'll see you again in a week's time. Take care, everybody. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sale on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellencentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.